it's time to tune up the band and feel. I, you know what? No, I can't. I can't do this. I, I really, really can't. I just, I wouldn't do it justice. Reardon, can you do this one for me, please? One, one second. Two, two takes. <clears throat> ah, okay. Uh -huh. <sighs> oh, internet! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous new wrestling podcast and feel the power! Yeah, that'll work. Sweet chin podcast. Sweet chin podcast, <laughs> boys. Sweet chin. It's a sweet chin wag. Yes, lie. it is. You said you said filter, and literally just my entire audio just cut. I couldn't hear a thing. You ah. peaked your mic amazingly well, and you know what? I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Absolutely do. Welcome to a new episode, everyone. My my name is Sam, and joining me as ever is Dan and. Reardon. Hello, gents. Hey, up. What's up? So, this episode, we are chronicling our three favourite guys in WWE at the moment as we talk about the unexpected genius of the new day. But before we get into all of that, just like to guy let you guys know, as ever, that we're giving you this podcast free of charge on SoundCloud and hopefully... Hopefully other platforms soon. I'm still waiting on them. <laughs> so, with all that nice said and done, it is time to hand it over to Dan for this week's Wrestling News. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling News? <laughs> Never get tired I'm of that. Some point. I, I honestly, I legitimately don't get tired of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think the bit, I think the biggest and best piece of uh, I, I'm terming it news to start with was the NXT in your house pay per view, a nostalgia ridden ride through absolute hilarity and craziness, and honestly, amazing wrestling. Unless your name's Randall Keith Orton, that is. That is true. <laughs> um, but no, I mean I have to say. Um, it is quite contextually weird for me because I don't necessarily have the same sense of nostalgia for the In Your House shows. Mm. Um, I did get a lot of joy out of seeing uh, Todd Pettengill, though. Um, <laughs> obviously remembering from the older ones. And seeing him back doing his best kind of um, 90s nostalgia fest. Um, bringing so many things back from those shows as well um mm. was fantastic and i know a lot of fans got a great kick out of it it was uh it was one of the best uh pay-per-views in the no audience era that they have done thus far oh absolutely absolutely is uh, that this... what we're calling it now the no audience era oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> no just everything from as you said todd pettengill uh and his cameo to the set and uh, just like you would have thought that WWE would have done everything in their power to kind of scrub the new generation era off of their history, considering how bad they were doing yeah. at that time. But for something is so kind of nostalgic as in your house. I'm so glad that kind of Hunter kind of rev uh, revitalized it just like he did with war games. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was, uh, it was absolutely great. And uh, I, I particularly liked 
the moment, a lot of uh, fans on Twitter and stuff were calling it, um, saying, oh, um, WWE doesn't do long-term storylines when it was cutting back to Shawn Michaels on the old 90s-style PC, still typing <laughs> with his index fingers. Yep. I thought that was a great, I thought that was a great little moment. And um, again, just seeing things like the set as well, um, it's weird as hell. A, a, a very childlike joy, even though I wasn't necessarily around for when these shows were on. Mm. You know what's weird though? Seeing I'm still not used to having seeing Shawn Michaels with a full on beard. Oh, I know. My God, I didn't think that was possible for him. It's triple. If Triple H is Kratos, then Shawn Michaels is Kratos Light. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but yeah let's not take away from uh from the set design and the aesthetic appeal uh let's not have that take anything away from the matches because uh yeah the matches were pretty damn awesome yeah no the, the matches were great um and i think they made really good use of everything that was around and they got little bits of interaction with the sets as well mm. so um oh god i be- i believe it was in the uh, it, I think it was in the starting match. It may have been in the triple threat match where it looked like one of them got through through the window. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, that was, uh, I believe, that might have been uh, Charlotte Flair throwing yeah, Io Shirai. Throwing Io Shirai in... through what looked like a window. Yeah. Uh, which was a great moment. Um, I have to say, one of my favorite spots from this was in the. Uh, Honestly, I think quite fantastic Keith Lee Gargano match for the oh. North American Championship, uh, where Gargano is trying to open the door to the house, and there's like the, <laughs> the a security doorbell. I'm not going to be naming brands because uh, they don't sponsor us. Um, <laughs> there are many good providers of security doorbells out there, but um, and it's like he's like frantically trying to open this door, um, and then you just see Keith Lee walking up behind him. <laughs> yep. And it's honestly hilarious when you see Gargano turn around and just this look of primal fear. <laughs> there are very few wrestlers in my time, or even today, that can work with the camera so incredibly well. And Keith Lee is one of them. He knows how to ham it up when they, when he knows that there is a camera right near him. And that was a prime example I mean, yeah, of that. I mean, I've, I, I've said, I absolutely love the man just because of how how versatile he is i mean we say limitless keith lee and it's honestly rings so true absolutely nothing you know i don't think there's very few things he can't do and you go from one way vein seeing him do the spirit bomb which just looks such a show of power to throwing himself doing launches over the ropes absolutely um it's honestly quite impressive and i have to say that that match was very good. I have to say, I personally am not a big fan of Gargano as a heel, but he made it work fantastically. Um, the spot with the key mm. um, was fantastic. You know, he was showing himself as a real kind of uh, cowardly runaway heel. <laughs> Getting pounced by Keith Lee through the plexiglass was yeah. a fantastic spot. <laughs> um, so, again, big, big, big love for that. Um, I had to have to give a quick mention to the match at the start as well. Tegan Knox, um, oh. bit a bit of I'm not I was just gonna say home pride. She's Welsh, but um, <laughs> a bit of British pride and um, a fantastic showing as well from all the women um, in the starting match. 
I like uh, a little uh, a little thing before you go on to that uh, to that yeah, match. Yeah. A little thing that I do appreciate is Dakota Kai paying tribute to Hanakamura wearing oh, uh, her gear and then styling her hair pink. I thought that was a really really nice touch. Um to that. Uh, that's my yeah. note to it. Next match, Dan. Absolutely. <laughs> Next match was the Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. And uh, again, fantastic showing by both of them. They're fantastic workers. Mm. Um, the only thing I will, will give um, a big mention to was the quite nasty uh, bump that Priest took yeah. falling from the apron onto the steps. I, I, I'm not sure whether or not he may have uh, if that was the intended bump, I think he meant to land uh, just flat on the top, and I think he landed the small of his back on the uh, the back edge Oof, of the yeah. steps. But he seemed to run it off fine. But it was a na- it was a nasty looking bump. But uh, again, fantastic work by both of them. And if it's doing what I assume it's doing, uh, I mean, Damian Priest looked fantastic in defeat. Mm. Um, honestly, super impressive. Um, honestly impressed by him I assume it might be building towards a uh, Adam Cole Finn Balor feud in the future yeah. um, if it does I think that'll be fantastic I know the, the exact future of Adam Cole is a bit up in the air right now mm-hmm. um, but um, again fantastic to see from them uh, as I mentioned the Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream backlot brawl match I have to be honest um, I wasn't as big a fan of this match mm. um it wasn't bad by any means um i think that there were quite possibly a a few two thing too many things going on um i do want to give a quick mention to the appearance of dexter loomis shoving roderick strong and bobby fish into <laughs> the back of a car and driving off and, <laughs> oh that was amazing uh, continually elevating um <laughs> dexter loomis he looks like a fantastic kind of enforcer silent intense character and i'm so happy to see him um, mm. going on to see how he's refining his character from instant in uh, impact um so fantastic to see that uh, obviously adam cole got the win on velveteen dream mm. um again showing cole is a very forceful powerful champion even if he is a bit um playing the kind of cowardly heel role again mm. but still you know overall fairly good match uh the day uh the, say the debut um, appearance of Carrying Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa, who made oh. Tommaso Ciampa look like a complete jobber. Yeah, oh, if you wanna, if you wanna elevate someone, you do it that way. Good lord. I mean, because I mean, way. so for anyone that isn't aware, I mean, Ciampa has been built up as one of the most powerful, most intense people in the whole of the NXT roster, and he was made to look like a child by Carrying Cross, not Beast <laughs> with uh, Cross, um, <laughs> making him tap out. It was a fantastic show from carrying cross and i am so excited to see what he's doing in the future and how he gets woven into storylines um is it scarlet that's his uh yeah scarlet bordeaux scarlet bordeaux she uh again she just adds to that image mm. um and just the way they make things look and how they carry the character um again it's like a thing i said uh, when we were talking about dexter loomis in his match against uh, roderick strong from uh, a while back just those little details about how Karrion Cross like beat Champa and immediately stood up and stared into the camera. Yeah. Um, really, just got me so much more invested into the in, into 
everything that he's doing, and I'm really excited to see where they go with him. I, I mean, the one thing... Incredibly impressive. The one thing now that I get excited for is hopefully when um, NXT UK does come back, and I hope, and I really hope it does come back, and I hope all of those wrestlers come back with a force, is that the one thing that went through my mind this entire time is that I really want to see Karrion Cross versus Ilya Dragunov so much. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, th- that for me is like my dream match in NXT. You give the UK strap to Dragunov, you give the NXT championship to Cross in the future, and then have them kick lumps out of each other. I- I'd love that match so much. Tri- bu- yeah, book I it, Triple H. Fantastic. <laughs> I think that would be fan- a fantastic booking and a fantastic <laughs> way for them uh, to go. Uh, and then the last match, the biggest one, the main event, and uh, arguably the most controversial coming out of this. I think the, the result was most universally accepted. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. Io Shirai comes out with the win. Hmm. Uh, we're all incredibly happy here. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, quick we question. all love Io Shirai. Oh, yeah, we do. But quick question. Um, is Rhea Ripley dead? Because... <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. But it would give me. It would probably give me that impression from the way that the match finished. <laughs> she had to go back to her home planet of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Just... she's, she's had to take a hiatus. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was uh, they uh, they, they all uh, took lumps out of each other. You'll be talking about, yeah, oh, people, yeah, yeah, they they all kicked lumps out of each other and uh, were creative uses of the set, <laughs> very creative uses of the set for sure, especially the crossbody yeah. from Shirai off yep. the uh, the doorway. But, um, no, so happy uh, that EO that got the rub, uh, on yeah, this one. Um, um, we're. Again, we're all big fans of EO here. So happy to see her get the title. Um, again, some uh, some kind of controversy around the finish, whether or not that'll be used to inject Charlotte Flair back into this storyline. But I really hope we see EO versus Rhea Ripley because I feel so bad that Rhea Ripley's momentum got killed so much. Yeah. Um, so seeing her come back into a title picture with... Uh, how this match ended, I would be very happy with. Um, again, they all just showed why they are so good and why they are so deserving of that main event spot. Mm. Um, again, like it was just a, a fantastic match from start to finish. Um, and we will be mentioning Charlotte Flair again later when we get towards the end of this new segment. <laughs> but overall... Uh, I think fantastic, as you said, probably one of the the best shows that they put out in this t- period of not having an audience uh, and not being able to have, and you know, only having developmental talents there as a crowd per se. There were mm. a few moments where the crowd were maybe not chanting the things that I was expecting them to, <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that a developmental a crowd of people who are contract WWE saying this is awesome. It is its own thing and a bit odd to get your mind over. But once yeah. you get past it, it's fantastic. It kind of adds to the atmosphere, even if at times it did feel a bit like a 2K game. Uh, <laughs> uh, to quote Brian Zane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next bits, uh, we'd just like to give some 
brief recommendations myself. Uh, the New Days podcast came out recently, um, and it was very insightful uh, to listen to and hear their experiences and talk quite frankly about the experiences of being black wrestlers mm. um, and also on the time in their careers and kind of what it means uh, for them you know when they're traveling on the road what it meant for them when they were in smaller promotions mm. uh, and a lot about how they were perceived and a lot of that will come in while we're also talking uh, about the new day later on Mm. Um, like a video I shared with you guys about uh, CM Punk talking about an incident with Kofi Kingston on the road <laughs> yeah, and that uh, it's kind of crazy to think that that kind of thing had happened and maybe that maybe in the context of the time you know he was able to kind of like laugh it off as a bit of a story but then you hear it now in the context of everything else and it sounds quite terrifying that that was quite a regular occurrence for both punk for how he looks and kofi for how he looks as well mm. yeah um the return of new japan pro to uh broadcasting uh again happening very soon japan itself has its own guidelines <laughs> set out for shows uh, going forward. They've got the New Japan Cup going forward in Dominion. I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, we can feel your excitement from all way over here. <laughs> nah, I'm just excited to uh, see them finally getting back on their feet uh, and d- doing some shows. Uh, I have missed New Japan for a very long time. I've been wanting and dying to see this uh, double reign of Tetsuya Naito come to fruition. And hopefully this will be good news in the sense of, you know, if everything is going to do well and everything goes all right and they're within all of the regulations that we can go ahead with the G1 Climax. It'll probably be a lot different, um, considering they're probably not going to have too much in the way of Gaijins in this year's G1. But G1's G1. It's one of the best tournaments in wrestling and I'm always excited to see it. So here's hoping, but it's good to see New Japan back. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, anything that involves wrestling coming back in whatever form it is, we are all for it. And uh, again, I've also yep. seen some of the smaller independent promotions start reaching out to fans, talking about what uh, fans would want to make them feel comfortable and starting to attend shows as well and slowly reopening things up as well for yeah. the smaller independent that's a, scene, that's especially a, in the UK. That's a thought, actually. Um, like, real quick, how comfortable do you guys feel? <laughs> Because I'm a bit, I'm like, honestly, I'm like mixed feelings to any kind of gathering. Well, yeah, it's kind of yeah. the thing I'm having to contend with with lots of, my, lots of my friends who are starting to, you know, get back out and do small gatherings and stuff. But for myself, uh, I'm in the shielded category, so I'm doing what I can to look after my parents who are more vulnerable. Uh, so I am trying to keep myself away from any kind of gathering, really, and not be looking at anything attending a large show per se for quite a while yeah but again you know they're slowly consulting with fans about what would make them comfortable to go whether or not that's like uh you know things like seating plans and certain choices of venues and things like that yeah it's i'm very much on the same boat uh as dan and um given in this country in particular um a lot of uh, indie shows 
whether you have your pro wrestling eves your progresses your rpws there are they some of them do their, their shows in very small venues or warehouses pubs and clubs and so in terms of like uh, attendance and seating plan it's very much squashed together um so i until kind of like everything is okay to do so i don't think i'll be going to the the smaller shows anytime soon but places like york hall ali pally um places like that i would be more than happy to to go to uh soon um not now <laughs> but very but very soon if they if they're smart and you know if these promoters are smart with how they do it, you know, everyone, you know, wears face masks, sanitizes their hands, makes sure that, you know, they're within, you know, if they're in a group of two that they both sit together and everyone's within two meters apart, I'd be happy to do that. I waffled. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, public health is not just your concern it should be everybody's concern that's exactly. my psa for this episode <laughs> remember you're not just looking after yourself you're looking after everyone else at the point <laughs> of wearing a mask uh but be like k wear a mask yes <laughs> be like ray mysterio and wear a mask but don't be like ray mysterio and wear one that covers your mouth mm. <laughs> um but now the last the last bit of news, um, Charlotte Flair has generated some heat from fans, or at least from what I have seen uh, uh, on Twitter and other various kinds of uh, social media platforms and publications and things like that. Um, a lot of fans are kind of complaining about either overexposure um, or that she's kind of being incessantly pushed into situations and matches that she shouldn't be um so i said to myself i'm quite conflicted on this because obviously she's a very good performer Mm, i think Um, this is a classic case of of vince overbooking if you ask me it just i don't know about youtube but it just smells like vince (laughs) <laughs> the yeah. whole thing it's a shame because as 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 most people would probably tend to agree with you like charlotte's really good in that ring oh, and yeah. when given the opportunity she can put on some really really great showings it's just a bloody shame that some of these matches are so overbooked mm. <laughs> I, I i think it's kind of like um it's it's a problem that's been down since WrestleMania, what's it with um her Becky Lynch and wow I can't believe I was... Sasha Banks wasn't it? Or was or was it Ronda? Yeah, Ronda. 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 Oh, Ronda. oh, it was Ronda. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like we've been having this argument for <laughs> since then, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that didn't I end am, up well. Yeah, I am very conflicted. Um, I really like charlotte flair like a lot <laughs> i find her i find her endlessly entertaining i will concede that like I mean, sometimes i'm kind of like, okay you, you don't you don't need to be here but i tend to enjoy her being there more often than not so i i, I do i do hope that like she takes a break soon however just if anything just for her own health she's been going Non-stop for ages. Yeah, she's been going full cylinders for a number of years now. And yeah. um, 
it, I'm not saying this is a way of just saying like, oh, Charlotte Flair should be out of the main event picture, but I think she has earned a holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not even like, like you could easily make the case of take like a take a good like four month break and then come back and be in the main event picture. I I personally wouldn't be that upset about that, but it's like you've literally been in for years now mm. yeah a lot a lot of fans that i've been seeing have been saying like you know was it necessary for her to be in the nxt match drop the title and then be on monday night raw in a match against oscar mm. um especially in the context of it uh coming up to backlash uh, uh, and the greatest uh, wrestling match ever <laughs> I don't want to hear those words again because <laughs> I think when I watched Monday Night Raw, I think I heard it about twenty times in about the well, probably about twenty times across the entire production. And now, mm. as a lot of fans have been saying, uh, the hype has simply just killed it because basically they are literally going to have to put on the greatest wrestling match of all time to even live up to the hype that they've generated from it. Somewhere um, in Tokyo, Kazuchika Okada is watching adamantly going, you're really? Let me see this. That's, that's the thing. Like, I have a lot of fans have just kind of become jaded by it because, mm. you know, there is obviously, you know, there's, there's building up to a match, you know, end of an era, champion versus champion. Um, once in a once lifetime, in a lifetime. Yeah. twice in a lifetime once in a, <laughs> once in a lifetime twice in a lifetime loser leaves town and whatever <laughs> and the thing is though is that when you just keep throwing them and saying them they lose their meaning yeah yeah um and so again it is a thing that a lot of people have been saying that um yeah they're just kind of like all right well i guess edge and randy Orton are going to have a match and it may or may not be the greatest match of all time i guess <laughs> but bringing it back to charlotte <laughs> yeah 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 i just i i just i just think they need a time i mean if they're gonna go on the argument that charlotte has been elevating people which uh, i've said i don't believe she's necessarily done in her last most recent nxt title reign mm. i think she's actually just killed momentum i would prefer they just give other talent a kind not necessarily the rocket but uh do you want to pokedex the rocket i'll let you pokedex the rocket okay <laughs> the rock the rocket basically a, a super push from management to a superstar which basically means they may go from basically being completely irrelevant to they're now in the main event picture example jinder mahal you'll hate me for saying it but i'm speaking the truth here um <laughs> but i would prefer that he just give some of the other talent a chance to compete against as i said rhea ripley i think she needs that opportunity because she's had so many moments of having her momentum stagnated yeah um that it really does her no favors, not least when they're trying to sell her as this big, powerful force, which she very clearly is in the context of the division. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it just seems weird that they're constantly just like, haha, we're going to give you a push and then bring in someone else completely random to stop you. <laughs> and least least of all, again, we, we, we will not mention it because it's probably for me worth of podcasts, worth of an episode. But, uh, but Asuka in the main roster and her seemingly road blockage 
uh, a Charlotte-shaped road blockage, may I add. A Charlotte-shaped road... I mean, to be fair, in the context of the last match on Monday Night Raw, Charlotte didn't win clean um, because Nia Jax decided to interfere. Again, neither here nor there. Does it, but the thing is, though, they still feel, okay, yeah, she lost... She didn't lose clean, but you're still showing your champion to be a, a bit of uh, a pushover. Yeah. Because they're lo- they're losing on the on their show before the pay per view. <laughs> like how? Wait, actually, how how long has Asuka's title reign lasted for? How long has that title reign lasted for? Uh, a month. However long since the roar off the money in the bank. That's like a month. About that. About that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> this, this, this is this is the thing like yeah again people are like oh but charlotte didn't win clean i'm like yes but oscar still lost <laughs> is the point here if it went dq you know what probably wouldn't have showed as badly hmm? but like because you've shown oscar losing before the pay-per-view now it plants the seeds of actually is Oscar going to win? Yeah. Um, and I, I get the feeling that were Nia Jax to win, um, yeah. <laughs> Should we leave it at that? <laughs> uh, all I will ask is um, Charlotte, Reign of Terror confirmed? Oh no, don't you dare. No. I mean, I know. The the only thing I can say, the only good thing that might come out of that is that X Park might finally escape from the phrase X Pack Heat. Mm. And it might officially become Nia Jax Heat. He is not like most girls, is X Pack. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get onto that side. I'm gonna move myself away from that. Let, let's move on that very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the news. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so before we get onto the main portion, we are going to take a little turning into Sam's recommendation corner, where I have two, yes, two videos to recommend this week. What? I know, right? It's been quite what? a good, quite a good week for the IWC in terms of content this week. It has. Uh, first up, we are going back to our old friend Joseph Montesillo. Montesillo. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Apologies, Joseph. I really do apologize. You gotta he's... figure that out soon, man. You gotta figure that out. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Montesillo, and if that is wrong, you tweet me, Joseph, and tell me I'm right or wrong. <laughs> But no, his latest video, um, all about David Starr and politics in wrestling. It is uh, a heavy watch. And if anyone knows about um, what David Starr has been doing in campaigning uh, for the past uh, couple of years, then it is an absolute essential uh, watch. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, David Starr is an independent wrestler in America and made his name here in, in the UK and in Germany. Um, for being a bloody, bloody good wrestler. Um, but the uh, for the past year, he has been advocating uh, for the uni- uh, the unionization of wrestlers, uh, and independent talent in particular. Uh, so much so that he's actually been <laughs> blackballed from a couple of companies 
that he kind of made a name for himself in, um, as well as being blackballed from the WWE. And I can't say that I blame him for trying so hard to uh, unionize wrestling, um, because this whole idea of them being independent contractors and then having to pay for their uh, own health insurance, their own travel, um, and eventually, you know, when they retire, not having a penny to their name and eventually yeah. succumbing to years and years of wear and tear on their bodies, it's just ridiculous. So I am always 100% behind David in this. Joseph also goes into the troubles that have been happening over in his home country of the Philippines as well. And while I am no in no way an expert in what's going on and happening in the current situation involving um, television stations and the government there, I highly suggest watching it and giving Joseph some love on that as well. Um, yeah. The second video, number two, yeah, papai, number two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, all right all right i'm stepping on deadlock and johnny's toes there and there's the obligatory new <laughs> legacy quote ladies and gentlemen we got, we, go. a, <laughs> we got plata productions that's our one per podcast yep <laughs> we have plata productions video on the moment wwe ruined ricochet now it's no secret uh we have talked about him in the past of how much we all love ricochet uh, and it is an interesting, a very, very interesting watch. As his most is ongoing series on what on the what ruined uh, series videos, but this one in particular broke my heart a little because it's like I love Ricochet so much, and just to see him, to see him subsequently just ruined, pure and yeah. simple ruined. But the fact that he didn't do anything at all except what he was already doing and what made him so famous to start with, it's just... It's sad. Yeah, but we all know that Vince only likes big, burly men with lots of muscles that are very, very tall. <laughs> what, a 6.30 never going to cut it out for you? Well, if Braun Strowman's doing a 6.30, then I guess that would that would, that would, would mean, work. I mean, like, to be fair... I'd be interested. <laughs> I, I would. I'd be fascinated from on a pure scientific level. I mean, you have my curiosity, says Vince, but now you yeah. have my attention. In the words of Vince, this is good shit. <laughs> so us. Uh, but, um, all right. So Ricochet, remember, yeah. grow about several inches taller, gain about two hundred pounds in body mass, and see if you can still do a six thirty. Then, only then. No, he's not allowed to do that. He has to do a running power slam. <laughs> oh my god! You're not wrong. That's the thing, Dan. He has to do. A, he has to do a running power slam. That's it. That's the trademark move. Oh good lord, no, no, no. We're we're moving on quickly. No, so yes, <laughs> highly recommended videos, and that concludes yep. Sam's recommendation corner. Boom, dum So just quickly to say that we will be tweeting them out. Yes, um, and putting them on our Twitter, giving you links. So at the sweet chinwag. <laughs> so let us get straight oh, onto the main portion. Ah, uh, boys, I've been excited about this so much. We get to talk about the new day. New it, day. It is a new day. Yes, it is. Oh, right. So let us start with. 
of... Let's start first off with our initial thoughts of one sentence of how... What, what do we think of the new day? And I will start with... Dan. Uh, initial thoughts of the new day. Uh, just a absolute show in what you can do when you give the performers kind of that freedom to build things their own way and and build their own sense and way to interact around things and not necessarily fitting a prescribed mold uh but giving them this opportunity to kind of breathe life into what at the time was a pretty neglected area i'm specifically referring to tag team wrestling Hmm. (laughs) um so having them there um was really just a great boost for it and i think it was probably one of the biggest things boosting a then somewhat troubled wwe especially a a somewhat troubled roar in around 2015 um and were really just a really big boost to it and i think they were the kind they kind of were the thing that wwe was always trying to create but never could Mm. so it took them giving that control back to create it oh yeah i agree i do agree on that one reason one sentence initial thoughts Remember when everyone hated the New Day? Oh, we'll yep. get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of think that's honestly every time I look at them and see people cheering and I'm cheering and I'm like, and they're just so, so beloved. More beloved than I think I can remember than any other kind of, certainly any other stable. They're more beloved than any stable that I can remember. But remember when we hated them? Oh. Like they were, oh my god! And now this, this like, and now it. We had um at a certain points in WWE, we've had people basically go, "I watched the New Day segment and then I turn off." Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's insane for a number of reasons. <laughs> but like, you guys know me. You know I love the New Day. Yeah. They're just the best. They're just the best. The full package. Yeah. Everything you could want in wrestling, they deliver. And have delivered. And continue to deliver. Yeah. Indeed. If you ask me, my thoughts on them are, this is what you do on what you get, Vince, when you give three guys full creative control of what they want to do. Um... They will pay you back in ways you couldn't possibly imagine. Uh, Because of these guys, you've been given merchandising opportunities that were never there before. You've given these guys a platform as well for them to go off and do their own things and thus have come back to going into your product. It's just like, like, it seems like it's so simple, that concept. But Vince never lets it up until that point anyway never let anyone kind of do it i mean zach yeah, it's kind of crazy zach Ryder was probably the only one at that time before those three that was mm. actually doing it uh, but he got punished for it yeah uh but yeah 
it's it, it's just it's just amazing and you know yeah as we'll all say, i would just like to quickly share some opinions that um i collected from other people absolutely go ahead uh so the first one's from uh these ones are just from some good friends of mine speaking in conversations they've all been happy for me to share them uh first one is uh, from my friend mesh uh when they started it was interesting free wrestlers tired of being treated kind of like crap and sort of looked like the second coming of a nation of domination style stable but they all got over because they were all super charismatic and work amazingly well as a team and have put on excellent matches with the usos i think that'd be interesting oh, yeah. Mm. uh but yeah i just wanted to you know, get, get your opinion on that i mean I, think, I assume we'll be talking about the formation of the new day and their start as this kind of somewhat nation of domination style uh oh yeah that they fit Oh yeah, we'll be getting into into the uh, into the initial starts of that, and uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that quote for sure. Yep. Uh, my friend Paul then said, uh, "I like them, amazing wrestlers, and they're ma- and on the mic they're amazing. They were literally the only highlight of Raw in 2015. They may be a bit too silly at times, but seriously, their matches are insanely good." Yes. Uh, next one was from my friend Munda. Um, they were created to be a small mid-card comedy act, but now are known as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. It's amazing, isn't it? How, how, how that how that happens. Yeah, it's wrestling's crazy, man. Wrestling, it's out of my what? <laughs> so, like, I'm sorry because like I, I hear that quote and I agree with it, and then I think about the implications of what that is. Yeah, these men who dress up like unicorns are one of the greatest <laughs> tag team stables in modern wrestling history yep and then there's other just small ones here so we referenced obviously the thing of them being given the creative control uh and how that meant how xavier woods had a massive role in convincing vince this trio would work and it seems they got more creative control uh over than a lot of others in the rings like their ring gears uh, and I think that they are one of the better ones in WWE currently. Uh, and another following line saying that um, supposedly Xavier Woods has said to Vince that he can fire him if the idea failed. That's that is that is going all in, isn't it? <laughs> and then good, some. That, that is a good bet, mate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let us go back to humble beginnings. And uh, chronicle these three's careers before they joined up. So, Xavier Woods. We'll start with Woods, because his is very, very interesting. He spent quite a while in FCW. Um, and But but before that, of course, he was on TNA as Consequences yep. Creed. A, uh, yes, he was. As a very, very, very on-the-nose pastiche of Apollo Creed. But he... Uh, it was there, funnily enough, that he had a tag team with Ron the Truth Killings and Adam Pacman Jones. Yes, the NFL player that got banned and then TNA thought it'd be a good idea to actually sign him. He never oh, had yeah. one match. <laughs> he never had a match in TNA. He was supposed to, but then, of course, Creed came along and replaced him with uh, Ro- uh, with uh, Ron the Truth Killings and they both won the TNA Tag Championships. But for some reason, Adam Pacman Jones decided to wear that championship because he was tag champion as well. But I digress. So yeah, after years of 
um, working in developmental at FCW, of course, he came out as the rival to Brodus Clay and the Funkadactyls, yes. if you remember. He came out with uh, with Brodus Clay's theme song and then Brodus got angry and thus started the feud between those two. And then after Clay left, he kind of plundered and was kind of stuck in the, the lower card and on main event. Big E was uh, started again in FCW and then when NXT when NXT first started not the reality show the actually good <laughs> NXT of yeah. course he was there uh, um, crafting his character and then eventually became NXT champion and was had quite a bloody good run as NXT champion. And then in December 2012, he made his main roster debut, aligning himself with Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee. Uh, later became Intercontinental Champion, if you remember, as well in that time. Yep. Um, Kofi Kingston, of course. What's what's not to say about Kofi Kingston? You know, after working for so long in Deep, uh, deep South Wrestling, ended up debuting for ECW in 2008. You know, yeah. he had uh, an amazing singles career, becoming four-time IC champion, three-time uh, United States champion, um, so many tag teams, CM Punk, Evan Bourne, R-Truth. And um, don't forget the uh, Royal Rumble highlight reel. Let's never yeah. forget the Royal Rumble highlight reel of Kofi Kingston. Um, a great career, again, squandered by one Randall Keith Orton, but we won't go into that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah and it was up and these guys were um had good had good sort of runs kofi he'd been there so long that you know people were wondering well when is he gonna be wwe champion but we'll get to that (laughs) we will get to that in the next episode spoilers uh (laughs) but so yeah at this time uh 2014 july 2014 to be exact kofi and biggie were in a tag they were started pairing up and they were suffering a losing streak, actually. And on this, yes. on July 21st episode of Raw, they had lost yet another tag match against Rybaxel, the team of Curtis Axel and Ryback. What a team. Just, what, just, a what a team. team. <laughs> wow, okay. What can I say? Just... Well, that, that, that certainly exists. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so after the match, Xavier Woods looking very different in a pair of glasses, wearing a white suit and red shirt, comes down and declares that these that these three can't get ahead now by kissing babies and shaking hands, and now they have to grasp it, and it will be their time to shine. Woods kind of passionately giving this speech to both Big E and Kofi, and they're looking like, eh, I kind of look like they are... Yeah, I kind of agree with this guy, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Now, a little known fact is that uh, the following day on main event, Woods managed to gain, uh, Woods's interference managed to get Big E and Kingston the victory over, uh, and another amazing tag team, Slater Gator. <laughs> the team of Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, that was a thing. That yes. was absolutely a thing. Do you remember was when Hornswoggle during... was the Gator? Um... Wait, was what? that the time when Heath Slater went round just having random tag team partners? Yes. Because I remember distinctly Heath Slater and Rhino yep. at one point. Yep. <laughs> it's just so weird. Uh, but after that, 
the group had disappeared from television um kind of to kind of work and refine the character and this is where we get to their first incarnation uh they debuted a re or kind of their team debuted in uh november when vignettes uh began airing of all three of them with a gospel choir behind them um yeah and they were now being billed as the new day and they made their debut as a team on the november 28th episode of smackdown in a winning effort against curtis axel heath slater and titus o'neill now I won't go into the full history of this because, as I said, I don't want to kind of do like a progressive timeline of these guys. I just want to kind of kind of gush over how much I love these guys. But this is the first thing we've got to talk about. Their, fir- their initial gimmick as stereotypical gospel characters. I didn't like it when they debuted. Okay. So, um... Uh, so, fun fact, um, wrestling, like a lot of things, is kind of racist, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is a good time to kind of... I think this is a good time to talk about it, honestly. Yeah. Because it's like... Black... Um, all black stables and tag teams have a history in the WWE, and it's not great. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the things that kind of came up um, in conversations I've had with people about the new day. Like, when one of like, like the first, the first big group. There are three main groups I would think off the top of my head when it comes to all black stables in WWE. First is the New Day. Second is the Nation of Domination. Mm. And the third is prime time yeah all of these things are quite like the other (laughs) yeah 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 it's so new that we actually have like all black teams that are actually not like awful Mm. (laughs) and really offensive and well yeah i think it's it's this thing that um has come up in conversations i've had regarding the new day in at least their most current form um, one person that I was talking to was kind of saying about they're kind of disappointed that they moved from that kind of you know we want to be taken seriously thing to kind of how they exist now. Mm. I can um, understand that, but, but I disagree. For a yeah, couple of but years. I I would argue though that what they've done in taking the the form they have now has allowed people to take them as serious contenders. Yes. Obviously, yeah. it's kind of neither here nor there for me to say it. But, um, you know, I I think, I mean, we're here talking about what will be happening uh, in the, what we're covering in the next episode. But I feel like what's happened is you've had these three guys who have just built each other up and taken each other to greater things. And now we're here saying, like, you know, I was saying to some friends of mine, we were talking about tag teams as WWE, and like I said, well, I know the New Day and the Usos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that's amazing. That's all I can pick yeah. out. Yeah, that's another thing, actually, which we should 
kind of quickly point out is that unlike it's a terrible it was a terrible gimmick but i'm not surprised that they had it yeah not only because of not only because of not only because it's an all-black team and what else are you going to do with them apart from having be another nation of domination but also tag teams have always always had an uphill battle in the wwe Mm. I really a quick point because this was a thing I heard. I believe in something going over a news. I believe it was a news segment. It may have been through Wrestle Talk about why about why Vince doesn't like tag teams, and it's the most Vince response you could ever imagine. What is it? Which is that allegedly Vince doesn't like it because tag teams incur double the cost. <laughs> that would not surprise me one oh. bit. This is this is wow. a thing. This is this is a thing that's been floated around and has been said. Um, and the only thing I can say is it definitely fits what I've heard <laughs> in other stories. Um, but yeah, it is a thing that um, the tag team division, at least since the early two thousands, has been pretty neglected in WWE. Mm. You know, the New Days and the Usos kind of they put on amazing matches, but to be fair, they are basically the only two big tag teams. Although I have to say, um, you know, the Street Profits and the Viking okay. Raiders have been brought through as well, and I'm very happy to see them going. I, on I, yeah, I argue that um, I'd argue as with a lot of things, like it's only really a, applicable on the main roster. NXT, oh, yeah. like NXT's tag team division is choice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, yeah, but, like yeah, like the the it's just it's just it was wholesale disliked, and I've never known actually no maybe like a couple of gimmicks I've known that to be wholesale kind of negatively received upon like vignette, um, because it's just like these guys are shucking and jiving. When we know that they are more talented than just being a shucking and jiving kind of team and being stereotypically black, <laughs> like these guys are, they they are they have so much more substance to them, and it just for me I was just like, for me personally it was a case of oh, oh they're gonna just oh they're gonna be gospel choir, ah, oh. Okay, <laughs> but um, it seemed like the most re- the reception as well uh, was quite universal in that it, it was like, oh, they're going to be like that. Because I remember uh, like a number of people, I think it was Jim Ross as well, um, that said like, um, actually, let me get out the quote itself. Um, yes, Jim Ross noted. That today's wrestling fan may be a little hard on the talented trio due to them espousing such positivity. <laughs> uh, another one wrote that the New Day seemed to be all smiling and dancing, one of the three racial stereotypes WWE assigns to their African American performers. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very ever-present thing. Yeah, it's, uh, just, it's, it's that. Mm. Yeah, it's. It was only you're when... Either, you're either smiling and laughing and dancing, or you're incredibly serious and can't be allowed to show enjoyment at all. Yeah. That's if you're six foot six, like, you know, Chad Gaspard was. God bless him. <laughs> Chad Gaspard, uh, Ron Simmons slash Farouk, went yeah. to the APA. 
<laughs> I mean, that was kind of the APA semi gimmick, but like um, lit literally the only one who really escaped it was um, Booker T, and he came from Harlem Heat. So true, yeah, true. So after a number of weeks uh, leading up from 2014 into 2015, um, uh, finally kind of after being kind of like faces and then kind of being chanted new day sucks so so many times they all turned heel and it was i think after this point you could start to see that they were getting a little bit more creative freedom so they're kind of getting away from the whole gospel thing and you could tell that they were suddenly forming new characters not necessarily the characters we would see later down the line but it was a nice welcome change. If I remember, it was during a match against, I want to say Kalisto and Sin Cara, I believe, that this happened. Um, that, sound, that sounds about the right time period. Yeah, it sounds familiar. So yeah, I remember, I think, uh, let's, I think it was Extreme Rules of 2015 that they defeated Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. Oh, what a tag team that was. What a tag team that was uh, to yeah. capture the tag team championships. Um, and thus the New Day, under the Freebird rule, may I add, became tag champions. And thus would begin an incredibly long reign as tag team champions. And thus began the power of positivity, New Day, that we all know no. love. No. So, thoughts on this little time uh, period of time of the new day now i want to preface this by saying as well that this was the time where they kind of embraced xavier's love of my little pony by starting to wear unicorn hordes on their heads um i really i really like heel new day a lot yes because um one one little small subsection of heels that I like are heels who think that they're faces. Kurt Angle is the it, perfect example. His debut yeah. of when you don't yeah. boo a gold medalist. Yeah. Or actually, I was actually thinking of um, Bo Dallas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You got to believe which I I love I love those kinds of, I love those kinds of heels. I always have. Yeah. Like. Because the, the, whole... the, the idea of using the baby face and people just be, being so sugary sweet that it's that you want them to punch them. Like, one of the yeah. great little things that I love at that time, I can't remember what match it was, but it's when they did a move and they were like, and like they succeeded and everyone was booing them. And Xavier <laughs> just kind of goes, Why are you booing us? We're winning. We're winning. Yes. And I just, yeah. Just. Oh, I've always loved that. It was loved it, it was at this time as well that uh, Xavier had introduced the fourth member of the New Day, Francesca. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> and this is when I started to realise that oh my god, I think I love these three now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. genuinely think I love this group now because it just seemed that they were getting sillier and sillier. Big E was the one that truly surprised me because if you remember he was not charismatic one bit when he came up to the main roster and then suddenly well, when he came up to main roster his thing was hey stand next to Dolph Ziggler and look vaguely intimidating <laughs> exactly and now suddenly he's he is oozing charisma he's 
yeah. dancing like I've never seen a big man of his size dance before. And, uh, they like, need I... Triple H dance in ring. <laughs> exactly! Exactly! Oh, I remember the whole authority thing and Vince laughing his head off as he was watching the New Day dance. Um, that's a bit... Um, <laughs> yeah. a bit, that is a bit problematic but no, regardless of that the, these guys were Thank on you, Triple H. these guys were on absolute form like at this time and it, and surprisingly it just gets better <laughs> it just it's gets... all uphill from here yeah huh. Which is uh, which is very weird to say on this podcast that it goes uphill. For really me. is. But yeah, that's true. The power of positivity has infected the Sweet Jinrad <laughs> podcast. What can I say? <laughs> so it was at this time that they had great matches against the Dudleys when they returned. I remember that rivalry yep. very well. They oh, had, that was so great. They had uh, good matches against the primetime players dare i say they had good matches against the primetime players now that's 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 a lie primetime players were all right for the yeah, most they part were good. They were, they were remember right. los matadores Oof. yes <laughs> oh i will i will i will unfortunately never forget them till my dying day let's yeah um, let's forget them please <laughs> um and then it was around this time that they started their rivalry with a rivalry that would last an incredibly long time and albeit one of the best tag rivalries since the Hardys, Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. New Day and the Usos. Wow. Oh, man. Got these oh, they, just get the, they just get the best out of each other. They really do. You know what? That's another thing of like what like um the the New Day, if you don't know, also have a kayfabe shattering YouTube channel called Up Up Down Down. Oh uh, yeah, yes. It was By like the way, time. go watch it. It's incredible. Which, which honestly, if you want, honestly, like the funny thing about um about Up Up Down Down is that it is like it almost is as integral to the New Day as anything. We're actually watching them yep. wrestle. Yeah, like I think if I remember <laughs> rightly, um, Xavier launched the channel in around 2015, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such an integral part of of them three. Yeah. yeah, I will say you... this. I will just say this very briefly. One of the best things on Up Up Down Down is um, they're playing Uno and they have Cesaro, and it is fantastic. Yes, like, I, I it actually... is the greatest showcase for any of the of any of the people in that video. I know I can't remember who else is in it, but I just remember seeing Cesaro losing his mind, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Um, if I'm going to recommend anything from um, up, up, down, down, it has to be um, during after Kofi Mania succeeded and he be and Kofi became world heavyweight champion. He also became up, up, down, down champion <laughs> after yes. a long, a long time coming. It was a long time. He yeah. always got close but never succeeded, <laughs> and then he succeeds, and he goes absolutely mad with power it is a sight to behold and it and every time i watch it i'm on the floor laughing he is such a he is such a monster heel <laughs> it's amazing but yeah um when you watch them go up against the usos in up up down down you can really see that those 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 two groups are as thick as thieves and it shows in their matches as well yeah with 
I, I would say my recommendation personally would be the hell in the cell between the, the two of them. Yes. Without yeah. question. Like but I'm but uh getting back to twenty uh, twenty fifteen and at the start of that uh at the start of their rivalry. Um, it was um, the Royal Rumble, I think, was uh, the first time they met for the Tag Championships. Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who's, who's history uh, stories. I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, and that match was just absolutely amazing. And again, it was yep. around this time with Xavier, you know, doing his YouTube channel and stuff that you started to see. The, the You started to now really get a grasp on what these three were like. And I will... I will I will save the why I think they're unexpected geniuses for the end, but this kind of little moment here of them morphing and turning into the characters they are is, you know, the reason I think they're geniuses. But heading into 2016, do you remember the League of Nations? Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately. Seamus, Del Rio, Rusev and King Barrett. Uh, they, they had a little rivalry um leading up into wrestlemania now if you remember in this in the build-up to wrestlemania of uh, the new day versus the league of nations they were doing uh these various segments and skits the new day against them calling them the league of booty if you remember <laughs> and this turned them from uh heels to faces like this was the this was the turn when they started doing these skits um and bloody good good as well because i think even when they were heels they were still being chanted like oh, new yeah. day this is when the new day rocks chant started yeah um and thus that leads us into wrestlemania and personally one of my favorite highlights of wrestlemania of this wrestlemania in particular is when new day is defeated the league of nations with help from steve austin Shawn michaels and mick foley and yep. so the new day starts celebrating and start dancing the, doing the whole the whole shtick that they always do and i've never seen a man gyrate his hips quite the way i've seen Big E gyrate his hips off hell oh my god <laughs> But I remember. Could you just imagine Big E a Bashman rave? He'd be moving oh my like God. mad. I, I don't. I think that's like they'd have to do like a weather warning for. <laughs> like, that's that's a that's a that's Tornado Alley right there. That's Tornado um, Alley. Yeah, indeed. But I remember they were getting Steve Austin in one of my favorite moments. Steve Austin to start sidestepping with Xavier, and he's looking so happy, clicking his fingers, flips the bird, stutters Xavier, which he just makes. Xavier fly to the moon. <laughs> it's just so funny, and it was that moment that Russell made it that made me go, "All right, I think I love these three now." <laughs> I genuinely just like mwah, love them so much. <laughs> yeah. So after that, uh, rivalries with Enzo and Cass, the Vord villains, which gave us that amazing skit of them in the time machine. Oh man, that's a great. Yep. Also, also, can I just say the board villains are? Oh, they were too good to last. Underrated. Yeah, I too agree with you on that one. What a what an idea, and it was so good. <laughs> I love. Oh man, oh man, you've made me upset. I loved the board <laughs> villains. I loved them 
I love them a bit too much. I love them. <laughs> Everything about them. Just oh, so, so damn good. So, so good. leading in more into 2016, drafted to Raw. Uh, they broke the record uh, of the Tag Team Championships uh, reign, previously set by London and Kendrick. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they broke the record. I think it was 330-odd days that London yeah. and Kendrick had held those titles. Um, and uh, had another rivalry of Anderson and Gallows. I think this is an underrated feud because... It really is. Both of them, like both teams in particular, they are, for lack of a better word, silly idiots. Um, and their skits they are like the masters of skits and vignettes these two oh, yeah. so the fact that they were both kind of at loggerheads for the tag titles it's just that was like heaven for me it was so so much fun but they would uh, lose this reign to um, Cesaro and Sheamus oh yeah um, yeah which, this... at the, which at the time made sense yep. yeah uh, and would you believe as well, talking about breaking London and Kendrick's record, later down in, I think it was nearly nearing 2017, they had broken Demolition's 28-year-old record to have the longest single run with any tag championship in WWE. Wow. It's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, because we know... Going like, from thinking about where they started from. Yeah. yeah. I mean... You, this is sorry, something... Sorry, 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 no. sorry to cut you off. But there's something like I, I just have to emphasize. The thing about the New Day is that they're all actually really good wrestlers. I really want oh. to emphasize that. Yeah. Like, quite heavily. I don't like, we talk about the skits, about the characters and all that. They're also phenomenal wrestlers. Kofi has always been a great high flyer. Mm. Big E has just gone from strength to strength. And you kind of, because he's the silliest one out of the three. <laughs> yes. You, you forget just how big and how strong and how disturbingly quick that man is. Abso-freaking-lutely. Am I allowed to just quickly interject? Abs, go for it, Dan. I do have one thing to say, and that is I do think that Biggie could do with a new finisher. Oh, yeah, let's be mm -hmm. honest. The big ending's not the greatest finisher in the world. No. I mean, like, great, great name, but... Like... Oh, great, great name, but I think you could probably do with getting a better one that like looks a bit more impressive and shows off a bit more power. Yeah. Mm. Let me just say as well, the the bumps he takes when he does the dive through the ropes and misses, holy crap! How does he not kill himself? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think that about Xavier Woods when he does his finisher. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Oh, the fact that Xavier Woods hasn't been like seriously injured, it's endlessly fascinating for me <laughs> it always does his feet, feet though it's always his feet that he always mm. ends up getting injured <laughs> i mean i mean genius in a way because if he breaks one of his fingers he will never be able to play street fighter for a while so you know See? i know your game xavier i know your game good one my exactly. man so talking about all of this uh it leads me on to another subject that i want to get in with you too and as that is the new day at WrestleMania, and more specifically, the outfits that they have at WrestleMania. It all started with them coming out as Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. <laughs> which was, which really, really 
make, put me for a loop because then I realised that, oh crap, they were only the hosts of that WrestleMania. That's right! Well, yeah, because that's the thing. So what, when you said the New Day at WrestleMania, I assumed that you meant the one that they hosted. No, I'm talking saying. about them in general at yes, WrestleMania. In general. But I will say one of my favourite, I'm telling you, yeah, recent WrestleMania moments was the one where uh, they were due to have the freeway tag match. Mm. Uh, uh, and yeah. then they walk out and they say, uh, we have a surprise fourth team. Um, and I assumed it was actually, they were just going to inject themselves into the match. <laughs> uh, and then massive pop, the Hardy Boys music starts playing, everyone goes fucking wild. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was just such a fun moment and just shows them when they're at their complete creative freedom to yes. pull off shit like that. Because uh, it's just like the way they come out and the way that they, they approach it, you just keep thinking like, oh, they're just going to say they're in it and then it like takes a switch, but it's fantastic. And also have to give a shout out to their um, Dragon Ball Z outfits. Oh, oh, yeah. From the previous chef's, year. Just... Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. I honestly Beautiful. think that, yeah, I honestly wonder, did they kind of open the floodgates to more like pop cultural wrestlemania gear yeah i, I well <laughs> i mean if you want to count triple h the previous year coming out as the terminator then ugh, no no uh we don't count that one but wrestlemania 32 oh, let me started on that outfit it's the most gloriously bad <laughs> wrestlemania entrance <laughs> i i i could talk forever about it i love it and sorry <laughs> but um we talk I about think, i think what they have done is they've op i think they've opened up the bridge a bit more between uh, I mean, what some will term, I'm air quoting here, nerd culture. Yeah. Into mm. wrestling because the thing we have to record, we have to acknowledge is that like there are a lot of wrestlers that are just huge into like gaming, anime, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um. So like um. Oh god. I feel I like think it was Alistair Black was mm. talking about him and his wife playing Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because if like you've that. seen Zelina Vega dress as Jade from Mortal Kombat, then ho ho ho. But no, 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 yeah. I digress. Um, <laughs> WrestleMania 32. Um, yeah, the, the, the thing, I think a lot of it has to do with Kenny uh, fully embracing it. And then because of him and Xavier being friends so much, Xavier's just like, right, if, well, if Kenny could do it, go on, I'm just going to do it as well. Do you, do you, want, you, want, to, do you want to just um, finish off? Who Kenny is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, it's the best bout machine, Mr. Kenny Omega, AEW yeah. co-presidents. <laughs> oh yeah, Kenny Omega coming out to Megalovania. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, um, just a quick Pokedex. Kenny Omega, the goat. <laughs> oh no! No! <laughs> yeah. Not again! Ah. Not again! <laughs> Oh my goodness, no. Listen, yeah. Listen, I'm not gonna have the the IWC on me. I'm just gonna give him his. I'm gonna give him his crown and then walk away. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna have the IWC on me. Damn, that's your problem, Dan. Like, <laughs> best best deal with it. Best get uh, on with that. All right, look. All right, then. We'll say this: Kenny Omega, the goat of weebs. Yeah. But yeah, the, the 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 bridge between wrestling and whether we're gonna term it nerd or popular culture or whatever, 
has like slowly been bridged and slowly been allowed to kind of integrate and i do think that the new day's open embrace of a lot of those things um has helped bring has helped bring it forward um and move it away from maybe like the because like a lot of the stuff from before was like movie tie-in stuff Mm. yeah um or it was like oh I'm a very big fan of this thing and I'm very vocal about it. So like, I'm going to come out uh, in something related to it or like wrestlers coming out wearing sports jerseys and stuff and whatever. But like this slow bridging of popular gaming, nerd anime culture, whatever you want to call it, slowly bridging um, has been for myself and for all of us at this podcast incredibly interesting to see because we fit all of those brackets all in one (laughs) it's weird as hell actually because you because it's weird as hell watching up up down down and kind of realizing that i could actually i've never in this i never thought i'd actually be able to have a a deep conversation with wrestlers before this moment <laughs> like like can we just say how absolutely surreal it is that at one point um that one point that some of the top wrestlers had a little video youtube segment of them just talking about game of thrones yes <sighs> i think that's it was... weird as hell yeah <laughs> you know i just remember i remember when um Zack Ryder started his Long Island Ice Z series. Yeah. Um, and just how kind of surreal that was to see someone, a, to see a wrestler interacting in the online space as openly as he was. Mm. And, you know, he was the first kind of person to ad- adapt and to see that market and to be like, this is my, this is where I can get my niche. And for a long, for quite a while, he was the most like followed and most subscribed wrestler in the whole of the WWE. Yeah. So I think I think it lends a lot of credence to lying and laying into those little areas that you know you can have a bit of fun with. Like I said, I never would have thought I'd ever have got to see Cesaro playing Uno, but I have, <laughs> and it was it was one of the most incredible things. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially his reaction. Knowing that, alright, these guys are actually human and, and are just as passionate about Uno as I would be. Well, that's the thing. It's like we said, um, like that slow bridging of um, nerd, anime, whatever, whatever culture has been a thing in the independence. Yeah. For mm. a long time. Um, it's been a very ever-present thing. Um, so when I have been able to catch, you know, things from independent shows, it, I see it quite a lot. But you never really saw it in WWE. You never really saw it in bigger promotions. Mm. Um, I assume probably because it has something to do with like licensing or something yeah. to do with image rights or some some complex legal thing that people just don't want to get involved in. But I'm happy that it slowly started to bridge over and that. Um, you know, this, this thing is starting to happen. Mm. Let's not forget as well, specifically for that entrance as well, uh, when they came out in the uh, <laughs> as uh, Dragon Ball Z inspired armor and Woods's amazing Vegeta hair, uh, that they came out of a box of bootios. Yep. And they are 
the first team in WWE to have a branded cereal made after them. Really? Yeah. Yep. Ice cream bars. They had, of course, John Cena on a box of Fruity Pebbles. But New Day were the first, the first team to have a cereal after them. Um, okay. okay. I. This is the big question now. Has any of us actually eaten Bootios? I have. How is it? They are as sugary as Lucky Charms. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How can I buy a box and import them to the UK so we can record that? Right. I, I, I paid... I paid an extortionate amount of money for a oh. box of Bootios. I think I paid 15 quid for them at the time. Oh my god. Um, I didn't eat them all, which is a shame, but because they were just too darn sugary for my taste buds. But but you know what? That speaks volumes is that they can get over Bootios so much that they want me that they would make me pay 15 quid for a box of cereal. <laughs> Um, and the fact that that shirt as well was at a time the biggest or the most successful piece of merchandise in WWE. What ever? No, at that time, I think at oh, 2016, okay. the, the Butio shirt was the most. The Can best I just selling. say, um, I'm looking, I'm looking up a product page of the Butio cereal. <laughs> and, a, and a it's twelve dollars ninety nine. That doesn't include shipping to the UK. I would just like to say I do like the little bit in the corner where it's just it's just completely blank white, and it just has the WWE logo and it says made with one hundred percent positivity. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Let us make. Let us not forget the tagline for Bootios as well. Bootios. They make sure you ain't booty. <laughs> wow. The fact, look, this is the thing, another thing I, I kind of want to touch upon. Their their ability to be able to get over the most silliest of things. It started with unicorns. It then transitioned into a trumpet. Bootios. Pancakes. Trombone, actually. Trombone, trombone I should say. Sorry, yeah. Uh, trombone. Pancakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, just launching them into the crowd. <laughs> Right, now, I know a lot of people weren't big fans of the pancakes, but screw you, I loved the pancakes. The only reason I just I, love I, the idea of it. Yeah, I like the idea of it. The only reason I don't like it is because I actually, um, I physically cannot eat pancakes for some reason. Damn it. But you can step on them like Kofi did to stay in the Royal Rumble. Yes! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so after all of that, they did get traded to SmackDown. And of course, had a uh, had uh, rivalries with uh, the Shield. Um, they had uh, rivalries with the Bludgeon Brothers, the Usos, Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, really good kind of rivalry. I rem specifically remember the Bludgeon Brothers one being quite good as well. Speaking actually of the Bludgeon Brothers, I remember that match. Do you remember that match they had with the Wyatt family where it was kind of a semi-rip-off of the Ultimate Deletion match? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird, bizarro one where it was like, oh, WWE see how successful is this? So make a bastardized version with these guys. I mean, that <laughs> sounds like capitalism to me. That, that sounds like WWE's remit. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's every wrestling promotion dream it. I yeah. mean, Impact aren't guilty of that. Uh, are guilty of that, I should say. Um, 
but yeah it's just they had what can you say like i don't know how they did it actually i know how they did it because they're amazing wrestlers but I'll, I'll say it again i don't know how they did it but they always managed to have great matches with any tag team that had put in front of them i just like they're amazing matches of course with the usos that's understated we all know how amazing that rivalry is but the bludgeon brothers was pretty damn good mostly because we all know how awesome luke harper is but you know those guys had some really good matches and at a time it almost seemed like a chink in the new day's armor like, like here comes these two massive guys absolutely demolishing the new day and it was that thing where it's like i genuinely am worried for these guys oh no all of this the the kind of allure of the new day's now been taken down that now that we see that they are a defeatable team but you know they kind of got the upper hand by whacking them with their own hammers. <laughs> Whose idea was it for them to be LARPers? I want to know. Who, whose idea was to make Luke Harper and Eric Rowan LARPers with giant hammers? I mean... I, basically, they saw Luke Harper and they took his first initial and then saw his surname and were like, ah, yes, LARP. <laughs> LARP. <laughs> God damn it. Wow, okay. Um... And so, yeah, that kind of leads us into um, into kind of like our uh, uh, a final kind of thoughts and the and the question that will always kind of that will lead us to uh, what do we find or what do we think is the unexpected genius of the new day? So, leading up, because I'm gonna leave it there purely because of the next episode, because we're, we're I will I will do a full on retrospective and timeline of that time so our final thoughts genuinely kind of like new day if we were if if we were to show or convince a person to watch in the new day what would you say to them and what match would you most likely recommend or series of matches reardon okay why do i recommend watching the new day um it's just, it's ah man, that's hard to say. I'm actually on. I have the like. I'd say just watch them, just watch them, and see all the things that they're juggling. They're juggling a. They're walking a very, very delicate line between ridiculously stupid and ridiculously awesome, and they seem to hit that line every single time out the park, and they just keep getting better and better on hitting that line. Mm. And you find, and the great thing about it is that, like all good, like all good um com comedy, like all good comedic acts, it hits you more because like the it hits that they get when they get serious, it hits you a lot more harder as yeah. we will get to next week. <laughs> like just this packaging, and then once they actually want to hit you with some seriousness, you you do stand up and pay attention very much so mm. and my two matches would honestly be the match we're going to get to next week which is Kofi <laughs> Kingston versus Daniel Bryan which is a singles match mind you but would not be as good if not for the entirety of the New Day around them mm. and honestly the hell in the cell between the hell in the cell between the New Day specifically um Xavier Woods and Big E 
versus the Usos. One of the few, like one of the few Hell in a Cell matches that of the modern era that, despite it not being as bloody, is still as hard hitting as any of the old school ones, in my view. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Dan, and, one, and oh, also, and just, and, and also, much quick, quick note <laughs> has one of the most disgusting chair shots I have ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that one too vividly. Dan, please, <laughs> thoughts and matches. Why, why the, why the new day? <laughs> Yeah, so I think the New Day are unexpected geniuses. I think purely just because of the way that they have approached trying to build these characters. They've just gone and kind of tried to figure out well, what works with fans, what gets people on our side, what can we do to add onto everything else that's already going around us. And they've just done so many bits and pieces to refine bits of their work you know their promos are fantastic their in-ring work is fantastic they've given so many opportunities to the company to merchandise and make events and just do so much stuff with what they're providing and giving out and i think it's incredible that they've been given this freedom to just kind of do what they can to keep this relevant. Um, I have to speak to that match against the Usos in Hell in a Cell. It's just fantastic. Mm. Um, there are quite a few other ones as well. Like I believe they had a match in a WrestleMania pre-show. Yes. Mm. Uh, which was also a very good match, although I don't believe they actually won it. Mm. Um, but it still speaks volumes to the um, the quality that they have and also um in the time when kofi was on his um big advancing singles run um them being there at the side yeah. just added so much more to everything mm. um and even though they weren't competing they were adding on to everything that was happening yeah and were just there to be these i mean they were very much functionally additional characters so, but so they were so, there so, so next week we'll have a lot to talk <laughs> oh yeah yeah we'll have, we'll have a lot we'll have a lot to say but they but the new day and what they achieved were very integral to that going forward and having the other having xavier and biggie there yeah. um really just amplified everything that was happening at the time indeed i i thoroughly agree with that one so yeah the unexpected genius of new day for me is the fact that they solely got over uh, for being quintessential nerds. And and that is half... No, that is all of the reason I love them. Because like me, they are just absolute nerds. <laughs> um, as well as just being freaking so amazing as wrestlers. I don't think there is... I guess, you know, you count the Revival. If you don't count the Revival, I think that you've never seen a well-gelled, formed tag team quite like those three in a very, very long time. And indeed, in the modern day of wrestling, yeah. uh, they stand head and shoulders above a lot of teams in particular. Uh, it's just a shame that we maybe, even though they have been, they have faced off against each other in Street Fighter Five. 
the possibility of the Young Bucks versus the New Day or the Elite versus the New Day may never happen. But one day, one day I could pray and hope that that would be, yep. that would be a, a case. And that would probably be in my favourite matches to watch for the New Day. But onto that, I would say watch the chron- the saga of the of the new day versus the usos cuz all of those matches are pretty damn awesome the hell in the cell one in particular and and the other one i would recommend purely for the comedic value and the way it was built up was the table match between the dudley boys <laughs> just pure okay. comedy perfection in that one and of course you know the dudleys were more than willing to give these guys the rubs you know that's oh, how yeah. legends work hunter <clears throat> I, I, I think um like, actually a quick before like i have like well, i'll get into it more but like obviously being a black man seeing three black men doing what they do and being pretty much on the top of the card is endlessly gratifying but oh. we'll get into again. I think we'll get <laughs> yeah. into that more next week. But yes. instead of that, I will say, what is your dream matchups for the new day? I have my one. It's a simple one, and it one that I think. Well, I have two. One that probably will never happen, and one that I think it's quite reasonable will happen. The one that will probably never happen is, of course, the uh, new day triple threat between all of them. I don't think that will <laughs> ever happen. But it would be fascinating to see. <laughs> and of course, the one that I think is more than likely to happen, of course, New Day versus Street Profits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, obviously, one of them being New Day versus the Elite. Um mm. I I just that'd just be a nerd gasm. Um, because there'd just be video game references flying everywhere yeah. in that one. Uh but the second one um would be kofi's uh rematch for the wwe championship do you hear that vince <laughs> do you hear that i want his rematch god damn it we'll we will get to it next week yeah. <laughs> i mean can i can i just say for for my dream match am i allowed to take it historical yes absolutely yeah, Okay, because my I think my dream match would be the New Day versus Edge and Christian from the nineties. Oh, because could you just imagine the promos? Yes. Oh my god! Imagine the shit that they would get up to. That's true. The five second pose versus the Budio. Like, just that would be. I think that would just be so incredible and when people are there and they say funny don't make money i think that match would make bank and could easily probably even take the spot of a main event on a pay-per-view um but the one i see as being more likely i think the street profits would be a great matchup for them mm. um i'm hoping that one or happens soon. or <laughs> If they want to go into brand, I'd love to see the New Day versus Undisputed Era. Wow, that would be a fascinating one. The Undisputed Era are weird in that, like, God, how? Who do you get to? Who? There's like, that's a saga in of itself. How do you? How do you like? Right? Can we just can we just have a match of who's the biggest idiot with Big E and Kyle O'Reilly? I want to see that happen. Oh, and that, that is a fantastic way to kind of end this 
episode leave you hanging with that thought ladies and gents so next week as we've been alluding to we are going to be covering kofi kingston and his long arduous road to the wwe championship i felt and i think these guys could agree with me that this one this bit of time for the new day in particular deserves its own episode it does we have a lot of feelings and thoughts on this um and just the whole the match in particular the build-up kofi's of course long road to getting to the main event um and then his subsequent loss of that title um we got a lot of thoughts feelings hence why we're splitting out into another episode. you shall not be forgiven <laughs> just bork laser victory <laughs> The, the time the AK also known as the time ridden enacted a blood feud. Yes. <laughs> just just straight up blood feud with it. We'll get to it. I'm holding it's taking all of the energy to not just start it right now. This is why this is why Reardon has now been banned from the state of Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and on that note no it is time to end this podcast again gents thanks so much for this one this one's been really nice to be able to nerd out over like these guys because it's so yeah. deserved of these guys to be nerded out on you know how we uh, had like there's the power positivity for um but this week it won't be that next week so enjoy <laughs> enjoy listener enjoy this moment yeah. your moment of zen it was all cause... it was fun while it lasted that's all i'll say <laughs> Yeah. So from myself and from Dan and Reardon, this has been the Sweet Chinwag Podcast, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye! Bye! Yes, it is! <laughs>